From the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits the pillow, this is the It's All Day Podcast. Your home for knowledge and inspiration about fitness, nutrition, and the mentality behind what it takes to be great. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the It's All Day Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about how to destroy negative beliefs going into 2024. Um, this is probably one of my favorite topics to discuss. A lot of what I'm going to be saying is going to be summarizing and taking some of the best bits that I heard from a podcast with Chris Williamson and Jordan Peterson. Um, they came with a podcast probably about a month or two ago by the time this comes out. It's three hours long. It's very in-depth. Um, and I took the liberty to watch it twice, take notes, take all the big pieces, and I'm going to summarize it for you guys so you can get the most out of it without having to sit for three hours. Um, I'm going to put a little bit of my spin on it, but a lot of this is going to be Jordan Peterson really talking to you guys and trying to push all of us to to be the best versions of ourselves in 2024. So a lot of this podcast and the beginning of this and the whole concept around this topic with destroying these negative beliefs is instead of having these negative beliefs or these doubts, I want you to switch your framework to a framework that tells you that you are morally obligated to do remarkable things. I don't think people have ever been told this, or at least they haven't been told this in a very long time. Nowadays in society, you can kind of be whoever you want and do whatever you want and nobody really cares. And as long as you're happy, then that's great. The reality is it's not true because there is a concept and a saying that goes hard times make hard people, hard people make good times and good times make soft people, soft people make bad times and that bad times make hard people. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And right now, I believe that we're in a time when things were hard, hard people were called to take action. They made the world great and the world's been great for a while. And now a lot of people are a little soft. And everyone's not doing everything they possibly could be doing. And it's causing a lot of the chaos that we see in today's society because a lot of us are not picking up our own personal responsibilities because we don't think it matters. And the reality is every single one of our personal responsibilities has a cumulative effect to society as a whole. So if the world is a bit of chaos and disarray, it is more than likely the majority of us individually are living life that is a little bit chaotic and a little bit in disarray. And if we took the time in 2024 to start removing or start reducing the chaos and start reducing the disarray and bringing in some order, there'd be a lot less chaos in your life and there'd be a lot less chaos in society as a whole. So I want you to think that you're morally obligated to do remarkable things. That is your new framework going into 2024. And the reason for this is that we need to experience difficulty as, as much as I'm talking about this idea that, you know, people have gone soft. There are a lot of people right now that don't feel fulfilled in life. And it is also because they're not choosing to do the hard things. A lot of us have chose the, the cushy soft life. And as much as we think that would make us happy, the reality is it makes the majority of the world feel depressed, anxious, alone. Um, and those are a lot of the most common things that are going on right now because we need to experience difficulty. If you don't confront the difficulty in your life, you will end up bitter. You will end up miserable. 
at the people who took the risk to confront the danger and the adventure that comes with the difficulty. And Jordan Peterson talks about this in the podcast and it, it really hit home for me. And I think it's important for everyone to hear is that there isn't anything more adventurous than the truth. And this was a hard one, even for me to hear because I have, I don't know, I, I can easily make, I've easily made tons and tons and tons of white lies in my life that I would consider to be very small lies to avoid a, a moment of difficulty, a confrontation that either I just didn't want to do, I felt like I didn't have the time for, um, I just wanted to push it off until the next day and have future Chris deal with it. Um, and the reason this is an issue is because if you do this enough times and you honestly don't even know who you are, as you've lived too many lives. And one of the most adventurous things you can do is to just confront the truth because the truth is going to have a lot of pros and a lot of cons and there will be tons of adventure and there'll be tons of excitement. There'll be tons of fear, difficulty. But that's what life's all about. And if you decide to run away from those, even with little white lines like I had in the past, you're missing out on some of the best fulfilling and happiest parts of your life, which is when you go through those difficulties. Because if you don't, you become bitter. And if you become bitter, you bring darkness into the world. And if you're bringing darkness into the world, instead of you being a happy, positive, light person, you are, you're probably cynical. Um, and Jordan Peterson would say that cynicism is, is almost better than being naive. There's in the beginning, most of us are naive to the point that we're optimistic because nothing really bad is in our lives. So we're optimistic that everything's going to work out. When you try a couple things and you realize that the world isn't sunshine and rainbows and that it isn't easy and life hits you enough times and you fail enough times, if you decide to stop at those initial fails, you will then end with cynicism. Cynicism is actually a step up from being naive. However, cynicism is not the last step. The step up above from cynicism is wisdom. And if you can continue to push through the failures and continue to experience the difficulties in life instead of running away from them, you will become wise and have wisdom through the struggle. This is why we appreciate so many older folks who've gone through so many tough times and they give us these little bits of wisdom. You know, they wait because you can tell they've gone through something. Um, and Jordan would argue and he would challenge all of you. And I would challenge all of you. If you're out there and you feel like you're, you're pretty cynical towards the world. He says that cynics don't get cynical about their own cynicism and they should start becoming cynical about the, about the fact that they're, that they are cynical themselves. If you're someone who's so cynical and negative towards the world, what makes you so smart? What makes you think you know all the right answers all the time? How does your cynicism let you off the hook? How, how many times have you seen somebody who is a little bit negative towards the world, whenever you give them a challenge, they always have an excuse as to why it's not going to work, why it can't happen. And that is their cynicism, letting them get off the hook. It isn't them actually being cynical, it's actually them being afraid. So if you find yourself being cynical towards things, it might be because you haven't actually confronted whatever's going on and you've got stuck in cynicism and you need to continue to fail until you get to the point of accomplishment and wisdom. What happens if you continually stay cynical, you will 
end up retreating into this delusion is called the inner citadel. So the inner citadel is a concept from Isaiah Berlin, a theorist and a philosopher. And I have a bit from his book, The Retreat to the Inner Citadel. The doctrine that maintains that what I cannot have, I must teach myself not to desire. That a desire eliminated or successfully resisted is as good as a desire satisfied, is a sublime, but it seems to me unmistakable form of the doctrine of sour grapes. What I cannot be sure of, I cannot truly want. This makes it dear why the definition of negative liberty as the ability to do what one wishes, which is in effect the definition adopted by Mill, will not do. If I find that I'm able to do little or nothing of what I wish, I need only contract or extinguish my wishes and I am made free. Ascetic self-denial may be a source of integrity or serenity and spiritual strength but it is difficult to see how it can be called an enlargement of liberty. If I save myself from an adversary by retreating indoors and locking every entrance and exit, I, re I may remain freer than if I had been captured by him. But am I freer than if I had defeated or captured him? So this concept, put simply, is that if you can't reach a goal, you start to deluge yourself into thinking that you quote unquote, don't eat it. This is, I see this all the time as, as a coach, helping people with their fitness and their health. Um, somebody might try and if they fail, they'll say, you know what? Being in shape isn't for me. Getting strong isn't for me. Getting fast isn't for me. Fixing my knee isn't for me. And they will tell themselves that the goal they first originally wanted isn't actually worth it. And if they do that, they get to retreat to this inner citadel where everything's okay. They haven't necessarily failed, but the reality is you might think that you retreating to this inner citadel is keeping you safe, but you can ask yourself the question, am I more free by retreating into this inner citadel than if I would have went out and failed? If you ask me, even if you went out and failed, you could always retreat back. At least you say you try. And most things, and here's the thing that Jordan would tell and now what I would tell all of you, most things in this day and age are doable. You just have to break them down into a small enough bit that you can actually win. Most of us try and make the goal too big and we don't put enough effort in because we make a huge goal, but a very small priority. Instead of making a very small priority, a very small goal, a very big priority. So instead of telling yourself you don't need these things, we have to start looking at where are we, uh, where do we need improvement? Where do we actually need improvement? One of the hardest things you can do is ask, what errors did you make in something that was 95% not your fault? And still ask, what was the 5% that was within my control that I could fix? Because that's the only 5% that actually matters. And this is what God means when he says, knock and he shall answer, ask and ye shall receive. But what Jordan would tell you is that you have to want to know the answer. If you sit on your bed, Jordan has said this a million times. If you sit on your bed and you ask yourself, what ridiculously stupid things am I doing right now in my life that I know are not improving my life, that I know I would change, that I know that I could change. 
And if you actually ask that question, you will get so many answers of things you can actually do right now. And the advantage of this is that you can find your blind spots. So many people maybe don't want to do this because they hear this and go, Chris, I don't want to find out where I'm weak. I don't want to find out my blind spots. I don't want to be exposed. It's embarrassing. It's uh, scary. It's more embarrassing and more scary for you to never find them out and to get old and to always have your blind spots versus friends who you knew had blind spots and you've seen them over the years take the necessary action to fill those gaps. Because you look at them and you go, damn, they did all the work and I hid. That's not good. The reason you confess your sins in church is because you want to find out we're insufficient. And it's painful. All of this is, all of this is hard. I will tell you, I've done this for eight years. And for eight years, I've continually found things that I need a lot of work on. I have things that I've failed in for years made the same mistake over and over and over and over again. And my mentor and I have talked about it. And he says, you will continue to make that mistake until you learn the lesson. But if you don't keep trying to learn the lesson, you will be stuck in this hell where you're continually failing. And that is more painful than just going through the work. And when it comes to going through the work, what this really means is you, you, you have to ask stupid questions. And Jordan will say, you should always ask a stupid question. And that doesn't mean a stupid question like you weren't listening type of question. That means the question that sounds stupid, but once you get the answer, you could actually progress forward. And the reason you don't ask the question that you think is stupid is because you're afraid everyone's going to think you're stupid. When in reality, everyone is afraid to ask that exact same stupid question, which is why nobody takes a step forward. Athi did this. I had a business finance class in college. And if you guys don't know, math was not my strong suit. Um, failed intermediate algebra my first semester in college and passed the second semester. And I failed college algebra sophomore first semester and passed the next one. And in all of my steps through math, I barely made it through. So by the time I got to this business statistics class, this lady said, you should have a base of math knowledge to where we can just take all that and just immediately go into statistics. And I had none of this base. And I remember in class, she had a presentation every class. It was like 30 something slides. And no matter what she had to, in her head, she had to get through this. And this is where I always got really mad with teachers was she would be teaching something. I would have no idea what's going on. And I knew we had a test. And I was doing bad into class. And I got to the point where I said, you know what? I don't care if this is a stupid question, but I would raise my hand in class. And I would ask her, I'd go, Hey, Mrs. Susan, whatever. I don't know what the heck we're talking about. I need you to back it all the way up because I'm confused at like slide two and you're on 14. And she would get all flustered and go, ah, you know, like we really got to keep going. I got to get through all 30 slides. We don't really have time for this. And I would literally, I go, no, 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 no. I'm paying for this class. And it was some stupid. But the reality is I'm not the only one in this class that doesn't know what the heck is going on. I'm just the only one who will say something. And I remember specifically after asking this question, so many people have been like, dude, thank you. Cause I had no idea what the heck's going on. So if you ever are worried about asking a stupid question, the reality is everyone else is probably also thinking the same thing. So if you were brave enough to ask a stupid question enough times, you will no longer have to ask the stupid question because you will learn. And once you learn, you can actually take action. And this is where you can actually 
unique fulfillment where you can accomplish your goals. And this is where a lot of the biggest struggles is, is happiness and fulfillment. There's not a lot of it right now because people aren't doing the difficult things. And the reality is happiness sits in the gap between your expectations of what you think life should turn out to be and the reality of what it actually is. And the problem is that a lot of people have very high standards and they never reach happiness because they never meet the expectations based on what's going on in their reality. And it's great to have high expectations, but if you make the expectations too high, then the dragon becomes too big. And as a result, you never actually confront the dragon and you never defeat it. So you have to, what you have to do is you have to scale the dragon down to the proper size, to the size that you're willing to take action, where you're willing to confront the dragon, where you're willing to beat it. And that might be the most minuscule, tiny step. However, when it comes to growth, growth is, is exponential. So people think that this is a linear line, that this is just slowly progressing up. When the reality is, is when you start taking action, you start getting wins. And yet, as you get wins, those wins compound on each other and the wins become exponential. And this curve goes from a slight increase to a dramatic upward slope. And it's exponential. So momentum is important and it matters. So it's important to make big goals small enough so you can build momentum to start building these compound wins. Um, however, if you decide not to confront the dragon, if you decide to just stay there, then that same line that was gradually going up and then exponentially up will do the same in the inverse. It will gradually go down and then it will exponentially drop off a cliff. So if you decide not to confront this dragon, you will end up cynical. You will end up bitter and you will bring more darkness into this world instead of light. And that's how important it is when I say you are morally obligated to do remarkable things. This concept, this principle about exponential growth or decline is the Matthew principle. In this podcast, Chris Williams comes in, he talks about how when he speaks with a lot of people, he tells them all that your comparison group is wrong. Your best comparison is you yesterday. Are you better than that version of yourself? Because a lot of people out there are trying to compare themselves to every single person they see on the internet. We have so many have so much access to philosophers, to speakers, to Jordan Peterson and Chris Williamson, just like I'm listening to, I'm speaking to you guys about now. People that have been in the game for decades. You look at bodybuilders, if you're trying to work on your fitness, who have been doing this thing for decades and you're in the gym for the first time and you're comparing yourself to them, wondering why you aren't growing as fast as them. And you don't see the decades of work that was put into it. Maybe you're in real estate and the person the head person in your office is a, a jillionaire making so much money. You can't even believe it. And you're in the game for the first year and you can barely get a sale and you're wondering why it isn't happening for you. And you don't realize that he's been in the game for a decade and he's probably heard 5,000 plus no's while you've maybe heard 50 in your first year. These are just things we don't see. And the reality is the person isn't you. A person has a completely different life than you. They have a completely different upbringing than you. They have completely different circumstances. So they're the wrong comparison. They're the wrong person to compare yourself to. Everyone is. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is you yesterday. And if you were a little bit better than the version of you yesterday, you were on your way to really hitting that exponential growth curve when everything starts getting really good. But the only way you do that is if you start confronting the difficulty in today's life. There's something that you want to change. 
and it's been calling out to all of you for a while now. Maybe you're being called to, to make this year all about your health and your fitness. That called to me when I really decided that it was time to make a change. And the reality is for me, and maybe it was, it is for you too. When I was first called to get in shape, it was more than just getting in shape. It was being strong so that people felt like they couldn't come after me. I wasn't necessarily bullied or anything when I was a kid, but I could have been an easy target because I wasn't threatening. So getting stronger and getting bigger allowed me to protect myself from criticism or ridicule or bullying or anything, just jabs in general. Um, so there was a reason besides just being fit that was called to me. It was because there were these dragons in my life and I was scared. And I felt like I didn't have potential to actually confront the dragon because I wasn't big and strong. And I thought I needed to be stronger physically to be able to confront some of these physical and mental dragons in my life. So maybe right now the calling for you is to get fit because you will not want to be scared anymore. Maybe it's something else. What's calling? Whatever's calling you in this podcast, I'm urging you to face it this year in 2024. And even if it's the hardest year of your life, you'll be better off if you went through that hell than if you stayed in your inner citadel, becoming more cynical, bringing more darkness into the world instead of the light that you have by going through the difficulties necessary to be remarkable and do remarkable things in this world. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Hope that got you fired up. I'll be talking to you guys next week. Peace.